Welcome to Game Devs Quest. My name is Taylor. Joined and by my, my name is... co-host. Brett. <laughs> yeah. Uh, excited for this week. Uh, Rhett and I had uh, kind of a week apart. Rhett, unfortunately, was sick, so we didn't get a lot of time to work together. But I think we have some interesting things to talk about uh, for our own individual progress. So, Rhett, how was your week, man? Uh, pretty miserable, dude. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Left we I we recorded a little late last week, which was fine. Um, but my weekend just kind of like <clears throat> kind of went in a weird direction. Um, I mean, last Saturday was you know great. Recorded two podcasts one day, including my Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Uh, went and had lunch with uh, old friend uh, John Blatchford, and. Nice. Um, but then, like, went to work, like, the next day, dude, and there was this, like, screeching in the office. Just gave me, like, a terrible migraine. I don't know. But anyway, Bailey was sick all last week, and then I woke up on Monday morning having to drive all the way out to Bend. And, um, was Which just, that's, like, like how mid- long? Two, three hours? Yeah, it's about two and a half hours without um, weather problems. But we hit the, uh, when we, you have to go over the mountains uh, from where we live. We live in the valley. And uh, you got to go over the mountains to get over into eastern Oregon, central Oregon. And you have to go through this pass, and it goes really high up into the mountains, and there was snow. Uh, so that was kind of irritating. Uh, luckily, like, we didn't need to chain up or anything. It was just slow going. Like, uh, a lot of people were driving really slow. We had to follow a plow up part of the way. Um, but they do a really good job keeping that they clear. They do, so. yeah. Um, yeah, uh, for Danny's bachelor party, we went over to Bend, and... Uh... We drove up at like 7 p.m. in like Feb or January, and it was like Oof. tons of snow. Uh, so we had to chain up, but it was like everything was pretty clear. It was really easy. I was like kind of nervous about it, but it was really easy. Yeah, you know uh, that's uh, Bailey's cousin. That's uh, he lives over there in Sisters, and uh, when the weather gets bad, he drives a plow. Oh wow, that's so, cool. <laughs> yeah pretty neat so went over there and did that and did some work and and uh the drive back was just like miserable man like i don't know what it was like just maybe like about with the flu but it was basically just like that day was the worst got home went to bed and just crashed and burned when i got home like got home at like four or five in the clock in the afternoon and and uh went to bed and stayed in bed all day um and then I woke up feeling quite a bit better the next day, but uh, still just like, you know, woozy, wobbly. So I pretty much just stayed in bed all day Tuesday, just watched uh show. I watched all of Daredevil again. <laughs> <laughs> Great show, by the way. Uh, just watched Iron Fist, and uh, I really enjoyed Iron Fist. Most people shit on it for, like, not being as progressive as Marvel's other stuff, but I really enjoyed the fights. I even enjoyed the story uh, better than Luke Cage, personally, although I thought Luke Cage was, like, a little better, like, filmed. Well, anyway, I went back and watched Daredevil just because I remember Daredevil being, like, not only great story-wise and all this other stuff, but just, like, the filmmaking aspect of it 
I remember being top notch. And I will say this, the first 15 minutes of Daredevil have more craft than the entire season of Iron Fist. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I mean, dude, just the way it's shot and the angles they catch and the lighting and all this stuff, dude, it is a beautiful piece of art. Nice. Um, I haven't uh, haven't really watched any of those. I watched like the first season of Arrow. Really enjoyed that. Then I heard it got terrible after like season two or something. Yeah, season one was like season one, dude, was like my favorite. Yeah, it was really good. Like I watched that because it came. It was the same uh, right after Supernatural on TV. And actually, dude, that was like remember when you and I were renting that room down in South Salem to jam? Yeah, yeah. That's when Arrow came on, and so we would jam on. Tuesday nights or whatever it was. Yeah. And I would watch Supernatural and Arrow and then go jam with you. (laughs) (laughs) That was like my weekly like Tuesday night. (laughs) Nice. Sounds like a good night. Yeah. Anyway, Arrow is really great. I always love the physicality of that show. But uh, if you haven't, I know you're, we talked about the superhero thing and I won't, I know we're kind of veering off topic here. So I won't take too much time with it, but I know you were kind of burned out on the superhero thing. Mm-hmm. But the Netflix Marvel shows are pretty fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would recommend at least watching Daredevil. Like, I don't know. Like, Daredevil and Jessica Jones are really fucking great. Uh, and like I said, dude, like, because it's Netflix and not, like, network or cable TV, like, they have Probably. time to, like, give scenes room to breathe. Like... There's one scene, like, within the first, like, one or two episodes of Daredevil where I was like, dude, that would have been 30 seconds on a network show. Like, an Arrow, right? Like, that would have been a 30-second scene. But it yeah. was, like, six <laughs> minutes or something, you know? Yeah. And it was great. It was beautifully shot. And uh, the character Daredevil, uh, he's actually blind, and they do a really good job of him being blind in the show. It, like... There's so many like subtle things that they do that he does. I'm like, oh right, he's blind. You like you forget because it's like he has super hearing, you know, and he can like get around and fight people. But anyway, yeah, I feel like um, as a kid, I thought Daredevil was pretty cool, so I could see myself watching that maybe. But yeah, it's pretty cool. Honestly, like uh, uh, what a lot of people said was that Daredevil was what Arrow could have been if it kept getting better rather than worse. <laughs> um, which is kind of true. They follow like the same arc a little bit, except, you know, not quite like uh, Matt Murdock is poor, whereas Oliver Queen is a billionaire. Oh, okay. I guess that's kind of where Iron Fist is. Like Iron Fist kind of has a similar arc as Arrow, except he like goes and lives in another dimension and then comes back and is a, you know, a homeless billionaire. Um, but uh, I would recommend at least, like, check out the first... They, one of the most famous fight scenes, like, in superhero or, like, TV show right now is in Daredevil. Like, within, like, the first three episodes, um, they call it the hallway fight. Dude, it's it's pretty epic. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, um, maybe I'll I'll take a look. We have we got Netflix, so take a look. Yeah. Um, nice. So, did all that. Um, back on my feet, obviously, now. Um, haven't had a chance to do much coding or follow up on my last week's challenge. Uh, well, I had two challenges, which was do something active every day, which, uh, I well, had you, been doing. You actively threw up or like emptied your bowels every day. <laughs> oh yeah, bro, dude. That was a workout for sure. Like, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> dude, you hear some dudes in the gym pumping iron and they're just like, Argh! that was 
me in the bathroom. So, um, but I managed to get a lot of reading done. Uh, read a lot of, um, I don't know, just tried to stay up on gaming stuff. Like, was on Twitter a lot, uh, like checking out the work that people are doing and indie dev and reading all this stuff and followed up a little bit on my other challenge, which was to, um, read up on like some procedural generation. Uh, so I did a little bit of that and, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about your week before I jump into that. Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, my week was, uh, I'd say, pretty productive. Um, at the start of the week, uh, I was a little bit down about things. Like, I just didn't feel like I was making a lot of progress on my own. Um, so I decided that, uh, this week that I would take my laptop in uh, to work every day. And so I would, on my lunch break, I would eat which usually takes 10 to 15 minutes. And then I'd spend How long is your like, lunch break? Uh, my lunch break's an hour, which is nice. It gives you some flexibility to do different things. Um, so I usually spent about 45 minutes um, nearly every day uh, this week just doing um, Unity tutorials. And I started, um, I, I texted you this like several times, but the Unity tutorials just like on their website on unity3d.com, are really good. Um, it's really good practice. They have a lot of content. Um, I started with the project section. I did the rollerball tutorial, um, which is really basic, um, and they don't use any you know special assets. They just have you create spheres and blocks and planes, um, and uh, basically you just like you know take control over this sphere and it like rolls around you try and collect these spinning cubes and uh yeah it was pretty easy but it was a really good um foundational tutorial on unity that's cool um but they have a lot of stuff i i started the space shooter tutorial um which is like 19 videos it's fairly long um and they provide a bunch of assets um and uh it was it was really cool. I mean, I'm not done with it yet, but basically, like, I have the spaceship uh, flying around under control of the user, and like, if you click, it shoots little laser beams, and then like these asteroids kind of randomly spawn and come towards you, and you shoot the asteroids, and they make like this explosion, little animation. Um, and what's really interesting is uh, I had mentioned a while back that I took this um, mono game course on Coursera. And like everything from that mono game chorus, uh, like con conceptually at least, applies to what we're doing in this space shooter tutorial. Like they talk oh, cool. about how, like every time you shoot um, a laser beam, it creates a game object that flies off your screen. And like as you start doing it, you notice in um, like one of the Unity views that you just have like a hundred. Or more you know like game objects that are all laser bolts uh and so they talk about like cleaning up your project and how like that can spin out of control and use up a lot of unnecessary memory so they show you how to like delete those if they pass a certain plane and things like that and, oh. and they talk Whoa, a lot about cool. yeah they, they talk a lot about the same kind of things that i was taught in this other course i took um so really handy. I mean, you learn a lot of stuff. Like now I, I understand what a prefab is, which people have thrown around before and I didn't really understand what that was. Basically what a prefab is, is like you 
design a game object and then instead of having it spawned in your game um, you kind of like save it for later and then it's kind of like a template basically for any kind of object like that so like the laser beam uh, you don't start the game with like the laser beam in the the scene um, it has to be spawned when you know the user clicks the mouse button and so you save that as a prefab basically as a template and then a script actually creates that asset each time um, so little things like that that I didn't understand um, I feel like I have a better grasp of now which is really cool um, and there's a lot of different like scripting things that I feel like I'm more comfortable with like what a quaternion is and uh, you know things like that so if you haven't checked them out definitely do that I'm gonna try to go through I think all of the projects um, and it really like just revitalized my like I don't know drive to want to get into unity and start working in it so I think I'll finish all the projects um, hopefully I don't know within a month or so there's there's quite a few of them there's like nine or ten um, and they go from being really basic to advanced like one of them um, is a pr procedural cave generation tutorial which I know kind of links into what you're going to talk about um, so that would be cool to do that one um, but then there's also like a 2d roguelike which sounds really cool um, yeah I was kind of looking at that because you know we had been playing a lot of risk of rain lately yeah <laughs> yeah same here um, and i was like oh dude it's right there there's the <laughs> yeah um i got they, a quick question for you i yeah. tried to ask it earlier but uh oh, sorry he kept talking and i was like what the fuck and then i realized my <laughs> microphone's been muted uh <laughs> i was like man taylor is just like being a boss rolling yeah. right over me good for him yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, so <clears throat> i'm wondering because um i've been really interested in these and in fact like i, I have i remember now like I did watch some of like the roll a ball stuff. Like when I first downloaded unity, like a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I, I think I'm interested in doing these too. Uh, one thing I'm interested in is I guess just to put it in perspective, like for our listeners and people who are interested, like, you know, we, we paid for that Udemy tutorial, which like wasn't much. And honestly, like I felt was worth the money at least so far, yeah. but mm -hmm. how do these free tutorials like stack up against like the ones that we paid for. Like, obviously, like, mm -hmm. you only have the videos here, whereas, like, with the tutorials that we paid for, we do sort of have, like, the community as well. Like, I know you haven't checked out the Discord channel, but yeah. the Discord channel is, like, a never-ending source of, like, inspiration for me. Right. Um, and they have, like, the forums and stuff you can, like, post on and whatever. Yeah. Um, but but how do the videos, I guess, like, stack up? I get, You were saying it was kind of like the guy was a little bland sounding, but yeah. Um, as far as like the presentation goes, you definitely feel like the, the Udemy course that we bought is more like personable. Like the, the instructors are more encouraging and they just feel like real people. Um, and I think that they, um, they kind of talk about this, like, from more than just Unity's perspective, like it's the whole process of game creation. Whereas uh, these um, tutorials are strictly Unity, you know? Like in the Rollaball, 
there wasn't much else you would need, but in the space shooter tutorial, they made all the assets and brought them in and they just said, this is how you do it basically. Like, like use this asset for this. And, uh, but the guy, I've only done the first two, so I don't know if he's the guy throughout the whole thing, but he sounds like a robot. Like, it's really dry the way that he speaks. And in, in fact, like I had been, I had my laptop and I was in bed, like listening to it. And Alia was like, you know, on her phone and she was like making fun of this guy the entire time. Like <laughs> he just doesn't sound like a human. And uh, so I ended up like putting my headphones on cause it was actually annoying her, like how he sounded, <laughs> but uh, he's not bad. And it's like, <laughs> It's very like concise and clean. It's kind of like, this is what we need to do next. Let's do it. Click nice. on this. Then click on this. You know, the, that kind of a style. Um, mm. Can you listen but, to it in one and a half times speed? You can't, as far as I know, oh. um, which kind of sucks. Uh, I, I mean... Well, it it has like a YouTube player inside of the the mm. win like inside of the window, and I don't think that that has a speed option. But I could be wrong. Let me actually let me just play one real quick. Is there? Oh, I'm an idiot. There is a speed thing in YouTube. I should use that. <laughs> I was listening to it on one times. I didn't realize it had speed. I'm such an idiot. Um, but either way, you know, I found myself like, um, you know, watching for a little bit. Like I'd have it the the YouTube video like full screen, and I'd like alt tab to Unity, and then he would say like what we were doing next, and then I would just like follow along with him without watching the video. Like I could just tell by his voice what we were gonna do. And I feel like if it right. was maybe too fast, I'd have to like pause and like go back That's a true. lot. But um, if it's that... concise too, it doesn't really matter. Like the guys on Udemy, <clears throat> they're pretty concise as well. But, but uh... yeah, I definitely <laughs> I, I speed them up on Udemy. Yeah, I just what had a stroke. Gonna... <laughs> I was just like, oh, <laughs> uh, they're concise, but yeah, I speed those guys up too. Yeah, I might try. I might put it on like one point two five speed or something. Now that I realize that. YouTube has that. I swear I've done that before. I just didn't even look. Um, anyway, so yeah, definitely check that out. The other, the other cool thing is that they have topics. Um, that there's like tons of videos on other topics. Like they even have a section on ads and analytics. So that's like probably helping you monetize aspects of your game. Uh, a big section on physics. The next one I think I want to do is 2D game creation. They have 45 videos on 2D game creation, um, which I think would be handy with where we're going. They also have yeah. 130 videos on scripting in C Sharp, which is crazy. Oof. I had looked at those, and actually, Rhett, you might check it out because it starts off like kind of from the beginning, and I'm cool. sure there's I could I could probably benefit from it too. But like they start off with like you know. What's a script? Hello world. What are what are variables? <laughs> yeah. So. Cool. I'll check um, that out. Yeah, I've been I've been wanting to do a little bit more, and I know they say that every week, but. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> for me, it always seems like it always seems like my hobbies kind of like go 
kind of like in a cyclical way, like I'll work on games, uh, game dev more, like learning more code, like watching videos. And then there'll be like one thing in there that just like, it's like, oh, pixel art. Okay. Like I should do that this day. And then I'm doing pixel art. And I'm like, oh, but music. So then the next day I'm like, <laughs> oh, I have to play music, you know? And then the next day it's like, oh, but I, <laughs> Well, yeah. now I need to like work on like stories and stuff. So like, then I'll write, <laughs> you know, and then I get back to game dev and I'm like, okay, here we go. And it all just like feeds into each other, but it takes time away, you know, yeah, I always fall into that trap. It's hard not to like bounce around. And I dude, like over the last couple of years of learning programming on my own, I would do that with like languages all the time. It's like, oh, dude, I really want to like get into web development, so I should learn like tons of JavaScript. So I get on this like JavaScript binge for like a month, and then like, oh, dude, C Sharp is so awesome. Like, then just switch gears completely, and then basically well, I, I will to, like say, start over, over and over. <laughs> right. I am glad that you like took the decision making away from me on that front because like I've always wanted to learn to code, um, but the like sheer options are overwhelming, and you're just like, hey, I'm gonna do this thing in C Sharp. Why don't you learn C Sharp? I was like. Thank God. Like <laughs> someone just take the choice away from me. Yeah. I think that that is helpful. They do that in school too. It's like, all right, we're doing, you know, intro to programming in C plus plus. Like too bad if you don't want to learn C plus plus. Yeah. So um, um Well, my goal from last week was enjoy some video games every day. And I gotta say I put in probably like five or six hours into risk of rain this week. Uh -huh. um, and I got way better at it, which felt nice. Cause like I was constantly dying when we were playing last week. And uh, I had some pretty long runs by myself. Like I had one that was like 45 minutes, I think. Um, mm -hmm. I was a little disappointed though. Like I felt there's a couple times I went really far. I felt like, um, and I made it to like the max difficulty several times. Um, and uh, I don't know how many levels there are, but I felt like I was pretty deep. And then I, I'd finally die, and I'd set records each time in some categories. Nice. And then it'd be like I either didn't earn any, like didn't unlock anything, or I'd unlock like one item. It's like, what? I just had like a great game, and you're not going to give me anything for it? Yeah. So I was well, a little um... irritated about that. There's a lot of items that are unlocked. I'm, I'm, I've discovered a lot of the mechanisms. Uh, there's a lot of items that are only unlocked, like via, like, basically, like certain achievements, right? Oh. Like that. So, like, I have this item, and I fucking love when I get it. But it's this one that puts this little shield around you, and when you touch enemies, they get infected. And you can only get that <clears throat> when you play the character, um, who is poisonous. His name is Acrid. And he has this ability, his, like, ultimate ability, his V, is uh, to, like, shoot this thing, and it infects an enemy and if, for 10 seconds. And if another enemy gets within range of that enemy, they get infected, and it spreads. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. And so, but you, you can only do it by playing that hero and then doing, like, doing damage from one of those attacks to, like, 50 enemies or something like that. Gotcha. And then there's, like, another item you, that you can only unlock by, like, when you unlock the sniper character. Like, by uh, the way the sniper works is when you attack, 
he reloads and it gives you this little bar with like a, a line that bounces across and you have to like press the attack button again. And if you get it right in a special like colored zone on there, it's a perfect reload and it does extra damage on the next attack. And so oh, there's cool. one there's one item you unlock by getting 20 perfect reloads in a row. Oh, geez. All right. And you can oh. see some of these when you have the characters. If you go to the item um, menu from the main menu you can hover over items and it'll say like can't be unlocked yet or it'll say like do this to unlock this item and then you can oh. go in the game and try to do it what about the characters because i the was characters mainly they don't tell you how to unlock but okay that's what i like, was like i was really hoping to unlock another character i just have the three acrid, acrid can be unlocked on the sunken tombs uh level you know the one with the water oh yeah uh-huh you can you unlock him. He's like in a crate. You just have to explore the level. Oh. Um. Okay. Interesting. Explore the level, and then you have to fight him. He's really hard, but you can oh. beat him pretty easily. I Dang. fought him while fighting bosses. Oh, we dude, <laughs> we unlock. We opened him one time together. Huh. I um, I don't think I got him. I have the first three. The yeah. Commando, have, uh... the, like shield guy, and then like an alien. I have like seven or eight characters now, and I I would highly recommend just like keep playing a little bit, messing around, like explore levels because like I unlocked an artifact the other day that you can activate. Just like you know, there's the different difficulties, like there's drizzle, rainstorm, monsoon, uh-huh. um, that change the way the games work. Well, I have an artifact that if I activate it, it makes every enemy like an elite enemy. They're oh, like max level, basically, or like max hardness. Jeez. Um, so it just changes the way the game works a little bit, but um, you know, keeps it interesting. So just keep playing and like explore the yeah. levels. Like, I I think that Sunken Tombs is generally like level three or four, um, and if you explore it, you'll find this box, and it looks just like a weird box that I was just like, oh, that looks different, and I walked over to it, and it's like press A to interact, and then you press A. Like I I wouldn't have went guy. over to it if I didn't think about it. Because it doesn't look like a chest you can open. It looks like a, I don't know, like a weird animal cage box thing. Huh. And you open it up and he comes out and then you have to fight him. Okay. And if you if you beat him, then you unlock him you after unlock you him. end the game. Nice. All right. Well, yeah, but, I've been playing. I, I've been wanting to play uh, again with you sometime. Um, yeah, we definitely should. I have a, I ha- just unlocked a character finally uh, called the Huntress and she like shoots bows and she can run and shoot at the same time, which is like awesome. <laughs> oh, sweet. That's really cool. Yeah. Anyway, so anyway. yeah, I had a good week of playing. I'm glad you made that challenge because I had fun. And again, like now that I'm doing, I mean, I guess it helps doing the Unity tutorials, but it just makes me feel like we could make a game similar to, to like Risk of Rain or something like that. We just yeah. have to... Yeah, keep learning. Yeah, for so, sure. So it was fun. Um, well, sorry, I kind of hijacked you. Um, if you want to go back oh. to the uh, procedural generation thing you are going to talk about, that'd be cool. Yeah, I'll do that. Oh, real quick, too. I wanted to tell you, uh, I'm signed up for uh, some blacksmithing courses. Oh, uh, cool. I don't know if I mentioned that I'm I think you said that. that before, but I didn't realize you were like that serious about it. Well, I went up to like an open house the other night, and uh, like talk to the teacher that teaches it she's really badass she was like showing me hammers that she made and then she like blacksmith something right in front of me and lee and i was like how can i not do this like 
I was like, dude, it's in my blood, you know, like <laughs> yeah. I got the old Weisenfels blacksmith shop over there. Oh, that's true. And... <laughs> yeah. We, and, uh, um, we live in, or well, growing up, we lived in this really small town and both of our families, I think had been in, uh, in Mount in Angel for around. a long time or around. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a, there's a Bukite street and then Rhett, his last name is Weisenfels. And there was like this kind of old looking, like kind of barn barn shoppy yeah kind of in the middle of town and it was like named like what weisenfels blacksmith or something like that (laughs) yeah weisenfels Uh, blacksmith shop yeah so it is it's right in your blood uh, man yeah he was like uh like my great great uncle or something like that um so uh, I don't know, <laughs> I, and I just went up there and watched it, and like just looking at the tools that this woman made, and like seeing her do it. Like I've been interested in it, um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of inspired me to do more writing, and I think in a way, like I'm kind of, <laughs> kind of secretly hoping too that it informs my uh, game development a little bit too. So we'll see. Well, <laughs> um, you'll level yeah, up I, in in blacksmithing pretty quick, I think. Right, dude. And then we can make a game with crafting and know what's bullshit and what's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, awesome. But anyway, just wanted to touch on that because that was something that like really excited me. Yeah, it's um, cool. Um, my teacher is also a contestant on the History Channel show called Forged in Fire, which is like a blacksmithing competition really? show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she can't crazy. talk about it, but she made it sound like she did pretty well, so we'll see. Huh. That's um, awesome. <laughs> But uh, jumping back into this procedural generation thing, now I did a little bit of reading into this, and like a lot of, a lot of this stuff I read is like not technical, right? It's it's more like for just like an audience's uh, benefit. Like read a lot about um, about No Man's Sky, which is super freaking huge game. Um, and they made it super huge, basically, like, on a bet. Like, somebody was like, you can't put that many, like, explorable planets in a game. And they're like, uh, I could put, like, ten times that amount. And they're like, what? <laughs> so they did. <laughs> um, and we talked about it before. I really like No Man's Sky. A lot of people don't. Um, but, uh, God, what was his name here? Um, but I did a little bit of research, and it's like, procedural generation obviously has like been around for a really long time like i didn't really know this but why wouldn't it be uh you know like why wouldn't developers have you know created an algorithm or like created a game essentially to like create itself in a way um yeah and i guess in like 1980 or something like that there is a game called rogue which i've never played never even seen but it had procedural generation or at least some facet of it yeah, to it, do different dungeon layouts. Mm-hmm. I've never played it either, but I know like the reason why, at least I think um, I've heard the reason why they call these games roguelike is because they're like the game rogue. <laughs> yeah, actually. Uh, yeah. That's what I was going to say next. Um, it's, I guess was like so influential that that's why they're just called roguelikes. <laughs> <laughs> spawned like a whole genre basically um but then i started thinking about this too and i never really thought about it too much but like civilization has done this uh Mm. diablo does this a little bit like with randomized maps and stuff yeah um yeah a lot of a lot of games a lot of rpgs do it to make it like more replayable right 
it, basically, and like the number one thing I've read a lot is like it lets small teams make games that can compete with like the AAA titles. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And think about a lot of the great games that have come out that do it, like Terraria, Minecraft, Spelunky is like a big one that I've been reading a lot about, which I've never played, but it looks great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was actually looking and, at that today. Yeah. Um, so there's this guy, his name is Mike, Michael Cook. God, he wasn't the one who made No Man's Sky, was he? Let me look. No, I don't think so. Wait a minute. Michael Cook, not the British historian? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> a, a brief hi- history of the human race. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Um, so it must not be him. But uh, So there's this guy named Michael Cook, and I found this article after like basically playing like article golf, like reading about procedural generation. And I got to this like Rolling Stone article about... It's called No Man's Sky, How Games Are Building Themselves. And it's an interesting look. And like I said, this one like really is more caters to like the audience of games and not like developers or anything. But there is just like they were talking about how this guy who um, he's really interested in like games that kind of like make themselves in a way. And so I don't know, I guess I don't know if this is a game or not, but oh, it is. Yeah. So there's a. There's a game called Inquisitor, and it looks like just like a little indie dungeon dive, like murder mystery game. Um, and it's procedurally generated, but like the murder is procedurally generated every time. Uh, oh, it, wow. The mystery changes, the motivations and the suspects, and all of these clues change uh, through the game. Um, and then there's another game called uh, Ultima. Ratio Regem. Um, and I'll, I'll send you links to these. I'm looking um, at Inquisitor on Steam. It looks cool, dude. It looks, it looks yeah. really old school, like Baldur's Gate or something. Yeah. And, and here, here's the other one. Um, you just take a look at those while I talk. Uh, and we'll put links to these on the, on the show notes. But uh, it creates detailed religions and cultures that have their own distinct styles of painting, sculpture, and architecture. Like what? Wow. <laughs> so what is that one called? Ultima Ratio Regem. Dang. Or it could be Ultima Radio. I don't know, but it's spelt ratio. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Patio, the back Patio. Um anyway, I thought you'd get a kick out of looking at some of these at least and just in passing. Um But the thing that really interested me the most was this they just gloss over this. It's like in this article on Rolling Stone, it says Cook himself created a piece of software that generates entire games from whole cloth, complete with their own objectives and rule sets. They gloss over this with a hyperlink. I'm like, in my mind, I like wasn't even going to click on that because I wasn't that interested. But then I was like, wait a minute. This is a <laughs> thing that I can look at. So uh, there is basically like, I guess, I don't know if it's like an AI. Yeah, an AI system that can intelligently design video games as part of an investigation into the ways into which software can design creatively. And the AI is called Angelina. And there is a website called gamesbyangelina.org right here. I'll link it to you. Oh, sweet. 
Um, and it's cool. There's some like cool news on here and stuff. Like I was kind of interested in the website right away when there was like an article on Dota. So I was like, all right, that's oh, yeah. cool. <laughs> um, but you can click at the top. They got their GitHub repository. And then you can click on the we'll play, play games, games link. Yeah. And there's like games that you can play if you have Flash uh, installed and updated um, that were made by this AI. Dude, that is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it, dude. Wow. Well, I mean, that's like a big thing now, too, is like, you know, talking about how software, like building AI and software that, you know, builds itself or builds other software. And like, is that going to replace humans or, you know, are we going to become obsolete? And these all these it's going to become so complicated that only the machines can figure it out, you know? Like imagine imagine if a machine created software that was like used for our banking system and then it there was some bug in it and like humans couldn't figure out what it was. Like, <laughs> like then you'd have to make a machine or the machine would have to make a machine that would have to go in and fix the bug or something. I don't know, dude. It's well, pretty... <laughs> I think that's why it's really important that people learn code. And I think like I've, I don't understand why we can't, walk into an elementary school and see them teaching it to kids. Like they've kind of like proven scientifically that if you just teach code the same way that you would teach any language Mm -hmm. to kids, like they pick up on it really fast. And like, I don't know if I was talking to you about this or somebody, but like a lot of people, um, you know, I was telling him, it's like, oh yeah, I'm trying to like learn Japanese. I'm trying to learn code. I'm trying to do all this stuff. And it's like really challenging. And they're like, yeah, man, like too bad. You're not a kid anymore. Yeah. You know, and there's the myth, like, I guess it's not necessarily a myth, but there's that like idea that kids learn better than adults, which I, I think has been like widely debunked by like psychiatrists worldwide. Hmm. Like the truth of the matter is, is that kids learn kind of more because that's all they're doing. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. don't have to go to work to pay bills. <laughs> right. Like, you know, if they think don't about come the sheer home act after of, working eight hours and are exhausted. <laughs> right. Like think about the sheer act of like learning to walk, which they do like pretty quickly. But think about an adult that's in an accident and then has to learn to walk. Like sometimes it could take years for that adult to learn to walk. But the truth is like if you're in an accident, like you also have like your finances and your whole like future to plan for while trying to learn to walk. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) You know, but it's still like quite a feat either way. Like a baby learning to walk is just as incredible as a grown ass man or a grown ass woman learning to walk. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think the same thing. It's like the reason we're so good at English is because we've been studying it for 25 years, you know? Yeah. Um, Well, I was like part of our everyday life. Yeah, I was gonna say I hadn't heard that that was like debunked about the the children. Uh, well, like learning faster. And my understanding was like, you know, their brains are still developing. So since right. they're learning these things as their brain is like developing, it kind of like gets ingrained into their brain, and that's right. part of the reason why they. I think that they learn differently, but yeah. I think the idea, like especially the myth about children learn languages easier. Yeah. Um, now obviously that's like really true because it gets ingrained into how their brain even functions and like the, the matter, like I, I can't tell you like between gray matter or white matter or like whatever in the brain, like, and the way synapses, uh, 
are forged and all these things in the brain. Like I can't tell you anything about them. Like I'm not a doctor, but, but I've read lately because, you know, I'm, I'm really enmeshed in this, like trying to learn Japanese thing and I'm not any good at it, but I've found a bunch of articles, um, that are pretty much stating to people. It's like, that like a child like like think like I guess elementary school middle school age like when a lot of people are like learning languages and stuff like that even bef- like obviously if you if you grow up in like a dual language household like you're gonna pick up those two languages before you even get to elementary school but mm-hmm. um but the idea that like children and stuff like <sighs> sorry dude I'm like totally fumbled uh, my my sentencing structure here um that's <laughs> fine man <laughs> but there you uh, go like talking about how good we are at English. um but basically it it, it's like obviously there's a little bit easier time for like children especially like younger children to learn things because you're right like their brain is hardwired to pick up these things and it does get sort of ingrained even into the future design of their brains and like the Mm -hmm. future way of that it it sets precedent for like the future way that their brains learn things Mm -hmm. But that doesn't necessarily, like, the ability to pick up things doesn't necessarily go away. Maybe, like, the ease in which your brain just, like, picks it up might go away. But, like, your ability to learn it doesn't go away. Like, if that makes sense, I guess. Yeah, I think so. Like, and I think that they did studies, too. And I could be wrong. And I don't have any of this in front of me. So I am just, like, paraphrasing everything that I've read in the last five years. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think that they said, as well, that it's, it's like... um if you keep learning throughout your life, like the more of that, like specific type of matter that like is good at picking up things in your brain, like the specific uh, part of your brain, that's good at learning things, like the more it stays like fresh, but if you quit learning things, that part of your brain might go away, which kind of happens in like old age, but it can come back if you start like learning things again. Yeah. Well, what you're talking about kind of reminds me of how like, um, when people get older, they want to, you know, fight dementia and Alzheimer's and stuff. Oftentimes they are recommended to do like puzzles and, you know, like Sudoku and yeah. things like that to keep like, their brain active. And Dude, I don't know if yeah. there's any, like, I don't know how much truth there is in that, but you can see the, like, you can sort of see it and maybe it's not like a perfect case study, but like Bailey's grandma, dude, she's like mid to upper 80s and... Uh, she does Sudoku and crossword puzzles every day, dude. That woman is a master at Sudoku <laughs> and she stays up on current events. Like, dude, she's upper eighties and she has a laptop that she uses That's to cool. check her email on her own. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe she's not a perfect case study, but, um, but I look at that. I'm like, I got to get good at Sudoku now. Or I'm fucked. <laughs> no, dude, we'll just, we'll just play video games when we're that age. We'll be playing like See, old I... school Dota like <laughs> in our 80s. See, I do agree that, that video games are like really good for the brain. A lot of people disagree with me. It's something that Bailey and me get into a lot. But it's like, dude, think about this. When you're a kid playing games, like there's no instructions. Like you just press the buttons and you're like, hmm. The way you learn the game is by basically like reverse engineering it, right? Yeah. Like you're pressing the buttons and figuring out like what they do. And then you explore like the bounds of the game. You're like, oh, yeah. if I fall in this hole, I die. Oh, I can walk over here and I can't go that direction. Oh, if I jump this high, like I'll, you know, like yeah. 
you learn the ins and outs of this game and he basically like reverse engineered the rules. Yeah. Well, I've heard a um, lot of people say that it's like um, basically proven that you like people learn from games and that they're not horrible for people. You know what I mean? Like, especially like some of the like cerebral type of games that, uh, that are out there now. I mean, like a lot of the puzzle games, like, you know, uh, point and click adventure games, it's all just thinking with like kind of a pretty UI over the top of it. You know? Yeah. So yeah, for sure. I, and, um, I don't know. I always think about policy and like world politics in the same way that I think about civilizations as well, right. which is like not that healthy, but like in terms of at least of like interior like politics, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, okay. Like here's how to, you know, like get industry and agriculture and all this stuff. Like here's how to keep your population happy. Here, right. like, you can't tax too high. Yeah. Oh, I want to close the deficit. Okay. Tax up, lower spending, get rid of some of those military units. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, dude, all those um, kind of games, like really, I feel like, and I maybe have mentioned this before, but like playing age of empires so much as a kid, like really got me interested in history. But yeah. then, then also it's like, you know, getting you interested in like government and, things yeah. like that as well i mean like and and there are better games than age of empires for that kind of thing like playing europa universalis is crazy uh compared yeah. to you know some of those other games but it's all about like politicking and you know maintaining relationships and uh you know yeah i don't know so they're, <laughs> That's they're crazy man i mean all these kind of simulation games too i feel like probably our politicians could benefit from playing <laughs> <laughs> Like imagine a game where like our politicians can be like, well, what what would happen if uh, you know we did this like put these kind of sanctions on North Korea or something? You know, it takes like our current political landscape and like lets you yeah. test you know simulate it. Like, what's the probability of like this happening? You know, and like one out of well, seven Taylor. times, like we go to nuclear war with North Korea or whatever. You know, <laughs> our world isn't a game, Taylor. And honestly, I'm not sure I want anybody in charge who's leading this second life behind a computer screen, uh, you know, running simulations. Like, what does that even mean? Like, he's he's a warlock. So he, like, sacrifices children to gain power. Why is that even a fantasy of his to live out, Taylor? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Oh, that that brings me back to when I wasn't allowed to play Diablo. Yeah, dude, because of the devil. Yeah, dude. Not going to hell tonight. <laughs> Just kidding. Good for you. <laughs> Anyways. There's more games like Diablo in hell. I'll do all right. <laughs> um. Anyway, wow, we uh, yeah, went total, off topic there. Well, it's all kind of in the vein, vein of... But about games, the banking but... thing, like I think that's really important why kids learn code because then you create the machine that writes the code for the banking software and somebody's got to create the machine. Somebody's got to code the machine. So then it creates a bug. Well, then you could program the machine to find the bug, right? <laughs> like, I don't know if that makes yeah. any sense. And uh, why not just write the banking software yourself? But well, but at the so... same time, like it, we drive, you know, it's like I, I consider it like driving a car, right? Like. Uh, cars would be really dangerous if if nobody knew how to drive them. 
but right. we all learn how to drive them. We all learn how they work. Um, so if you consider like a machine that could make other machines or a machine that could write code to like simplify our lives, like it's basically just the steering wheel. Well, and the gas pedals and the shifter, like we got to learn how to use these things so that we can control this much more complex machine that obviously like most people don't understand how it works. Like nobody understands how cars work really, but we know how to drive them and and all that sort of thing. So I don't know. We know how to drive the machine that drives the machine that we don't understand. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> it's like we we know um what kind of inputs to put into the car so that it will output correctly <laughs> right yeah right uh, everything come back to a coding metaphor that's right <laughs> well so this is an interesting thing uh i read this week uh going back to banking programming um so the banking infrastructure was all built on really old code and uh, so I read this article that was basically preaching that we should all learn COBOL because <laughs> because that's what most of these uh, banking systems are built in. And the people who know COBOL right now are like making bank, dude, like tons of money because they're so sought after by these um, these banks that have such old systems, you know, so we have, you know, COBOL's been around for like 40 years or something. So like people in their 70s and 80s are still programming for like these <laughs> banks. Like how crazy is that? Uh, so anyways, cool. let's stop Let's stop learning game dev and go ahead and go into COBOL programming. Yeah. <laughs> let's go ahead and do that. And, um... and uh, thanks for tuning into Game Dev's Quest. We're off the air permanently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now we're called Banker's Quest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, anyways. Um, well, this has been a fun, so, fun discussion. Yeah, that's all I really had. Yeah. Is there anything, uh, any challenges you wanted to present or anything this week? Or, um, good question. I really enjoyed uh, my challenge. I think I might <laughs> keep playing video games, but maybe, maybe my challenge to you, um, Rhett, is to complete the rollerball tutorial this week you think i can get it done in a week yeah it's nine videos some of them are long some of them are like 20 minutes but oh that's um, fine and another thing to be wary of is that uh, some of these tutorials were written or uh, the video was captured when we it was using unity 4 so some things are slightly different so pay attention to the little uh what do they call those? Uh, those little pop-ups on the screen with like notes right. in them. Uh, pay attention to those because they'll give you like hints on how you can change it for Unity Five. Um, but yeah, I think I think you could do it. I mean, I'm almost through with the space shooter tutorial um, as well, and I'd say it's probably like both of those combined are probably like five to ten hours. But I've been doing like you know an hour and a half to two hours a day maybe. So okay. Which may not be right. feasible, but I think you could do rollerball, and I think it'd really be helpful. Yeah. So. All right. I accept your challenge. Cool. Uh, my question too, going back to Unity, is when do you want to start doing our Udemy course again? Because um, I know that's obviously something I want to keep doing, but I also don't want to lose focus on our our game. Uh, I agree. Um, I th- I think that should be kind of a team challenge for us is to. Uh, 
to try and get together more often this next week to uh yeah to... I, I really do want to get together three or four times a week if we yeah, can that'd be awesome um yeah so maybe that's a challenge for us is to try and hit like three times even if it's just like an hour yeah you know? well we had some productive hour-long sessions last week yeah um well, keeping the the coding log has helped too. You just jump right in. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, and I'll try not to get sick this week. You should try not to get sick. <laughs> well, don't get me <laughs> sick. Rhett's coming over this weekend, so. Yeah, bro. Uh, probably spread his dreams. Nah, dude, it's out of my system. I mean, I got sick on Monday. It's Friday now, so. Yeah. I don't know. It, 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 I I was sick for like day and a half, two days. Yeah. You know, tummy's a little rumbly. Actually, I feel really good today. Today's like the first day I haven't really felt all bloated and stuff, but... Nice. That's good. Um, all right. Well, um, uh, yeah, what's your challenge to me? Wh- what are you reading right now? You reading something currently? I'm reading um, this book on the Cuban Missile Crisis called One Minute oh, yeah, to Midnight. Yeah. And so that's that's been kind of a, a hard topic for me because like normally I get most of my reading done on my lunch break. And I don't know if I mentioned that one of my goals was to read 25 nonfiction books this year. Um, and I've read, well, I'm getting a tiny bit behind. Um, I've read, how many have I read? I've read six nonfiction books so far this year. Um, and so by now I should have probably read about seven. Uh, and this week, (laughs) (laughs) this week I was like, man, you know, I think that I should prioritize game dev over reading. Um, like if I have an hour and I could program or I could work on unity stuff or I could read, I'm going to work on unity stuff, you know? Well, um, um, I know that you're really regular, but I get all my like reading done in the bathroom lately. Like I just leave my phone, <laughs> leave my phone out of the bathroom and I leave the book I'm reading in there. Yeah, and, I, like I finished most of Games Without Rules in the bathroom. <laughs> well, dude, I remember in high school, like coming over to your house and you're like, all right, dude, I got to take a dump. Like, I'll be back in a little bit. And you'd go grab a book. And then like 30 minutes later, you'd be back. I, Sorry, bro. <laughs> I spent like two, maybe two to like five minutes and I'm good. Just relax a little bit in there, man. <laughs> Keep the door locked. Like the world can't get to you in there, bro. Like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've tried. I try to read every day before bed. But now that I'm only getting like 45, well, I'm not getting like the 45 minutes I would at lunch. Um, I'm only probably reading for like 30 minutes a day instead of like more than an hour. So probably not going right. to hit my goal of 25 books. But don't change your goal, though, bro. I'm not gonna. Stay I'm not gonna it. change it. I may. I may hit a point where I just binge. Like we'll go to Japan and I'll just ditch you guys and just read. <laughs> Dude, I read. I finished three books in Guatemala. Really? <laughs> yeah. I read yeah. a book a week. <laughs> Dang, dude. Yeah, I used to always read a ton on vacation, but like some of the vacations I've had, like when we went to Europe, it's like we're pretty much on the move the whole time, and I kind of expect that to be similar in Japan. But oh. Bro, we were on the move the whole time in Guatemala. And I you just, still read. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's, well, you know, it's like I was probably awake for like 18, 19 hours a day. Probably like 12 of that or more was spent like sightseeing and doing all that stuff. 
And in Guatemala, a lot of times, like, you know, because it was kind of a dangerous place, like, we would kind of cash in kind of early. Like, mm-hmm. like probably, like, it would get dark around, like, 6 or 7. And we'd probably cash in at, like, 8, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, go back to the room. And we would usually... So, but we were up at, like, 5.36. Yeah. 5.30 or 6 every morning. And it's light at, you know, 5.30 or 6 every morning. So, you go mm-hmm. out, do all that stuff. You get, like, 12, 13 hours of daylight. Um and then we'd come back at like eight, maybe nine. There's a couple of times like we stayed out late, um, but we'd come back and hang out. Like uh, I would journal. I wrote it. I kept a diary of that whole trip every day. So I'd uh, I wrote probably like eight pages a day. <laughs> that. And then I'd read like the rest of the night, probably until like two o'clock in the morning or some, t- you know, midnight Holy to God, two o'clock dude. in the morning or so and wake up at <laughs> six again. See that so. that's part of the difference too is that like you you I feel like function well on like four to six hours of sleep. I need like a solid seven, eight, nine hours of sleep to 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 feel good. Yeah. Oh, I don't blame you. I mean, so. I like sleeping a lot too. Um, just uh, I guess my job and everything's like cultivated that sort of uh, lifestyle where you know it's like I can fall asleep, but just by like putting my head down sometimes. Uh. Um, See, I'm jealous of that. I it takes me forever to fall asleep. Well, go work shitty jobs. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes it does for me too. I'm not saying I have it like totally made, you know. Um, uh, you know, and it's kind of a curse too. Like sometimes, like I'll want to stay up late, and then Bailey will be like, "Come lay down with me while I fall asleep," and I'm like, "All right, fine." So I'll go like lay down, and she'll be asleep. And then I'm asleep like 15 minutes later, you know, it's just like, oh no, I wanted to stay up and write or read or do something, you know? So, um, but yeah, I'm excited for Japan. Uh, I veered off topic a little bit. Um, I was going to challenge you to read something, but you're, uh, you're doing well with that. So, um, I'm going to challenge you this instead. Um, I want you to, oh wait, 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 damn it. My challenge was, uh, do you have Fruity Loops? I don't. Um, I'll bring you Fruity Loops this Saturday. Okay. <laughs> um, I've been because I was, huh? I've been like wanting to to uh, get into it, like because I took uh, like digital music production classes in college, a couple of them, and I really enjoyed doing that. Um, yeah. But like, and after I I sent you that playlist, like that eight bit playlist. I don't know if you had a chance yeah, yeah. to listen to it. Dude, that guy's like really famous. I've seen his stuff for a long time. Oh yeah, Zol. What's his name? Zoltrix or something like that. Um, uh, or oh, the guy that made the the uh, playlist. Or oh, I was talking about some of the music that's on there. Oh, okay. on the playlist. Sorry. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> uh, but dude, that music like really is inspiring. I was listening to it at work the other day, and I was just like jamming you know like dang i want to i want to do some game dev you know <laughs> yeah so, for real dude yeah well uh i i think that's going to be my challenge to you um and i know that uh, you won't be able to make headway on it today or tomorrow really but i was going to challenge you uh take some time out of your week and uh make some music um all right there's like some sequencers you can do if you're interested in like 8-bit like there's some like browser-based sequencers you could do but they're kind of hard to figure out okay um well, maybe I'll research cool to, some of that too. Yeah, there's some good tools out there, but yeah. um, Free Loops is what I use and I'm really familiar with, so um, nice. I can bring a copy of that. And uh, all right, 
Sounds good to me, man. We can use it. And then maybe we could have a day I could show you some tricks and stuff. I mean, I know you watched me do some of that yeah. before when we were making our theme song. But uh... Well, at one point, I I don't know if you like gave me Fruity Loops or what, um, or I used like a demo version or something. But um, I did uh, probably like five years ago when I was living in Salem. I like played around with it for like a couple weeks and made like a couple songs. So I kind of, I feel like I get it. You know, you got like your piano roll and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I feel like I get it. It's just a matter of getting in and using it. But it would be cool if you wanted to sit down and do something with me. Yeah, for sure. So. All right, cool. I like all that. Um, well, we got any... our challenges. We got our uh, stuff. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully next week we'll have some, some updates on our code. Uh, we'll still post our code repository and our game design document and art repository as we do every week. Um, but unfortunately, we didn't make any progress this week on that due to Rhett's illness. Um, but anyways, any closing remarks? Red is awesome. Um, no, just that. Go out, guys. Uh, keep, keep yourselves inspired. Keep making stuff. Uh, any art is good art. And uh, it does yep. inform game development if that's what you're interested in so uh go out and watch the last jedi teaser if that's what you're into um yeah (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah catch us on uh we're on twitter uh we're at game devs quest i'm also at red is awesome r-e-t-t is awesome taylor's at taylor j bukite uh figure that one out Uh, (laughs) and uh i'm gonna be trying to do some more stuff on instagram uh, so check me out over there uh, at Red is Awesome. I'll be posting maybe some game dev uh, related stuff over there. And email us at gdq at airpodcast.com. And uh... good lord. Bless you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> and uh, you can also uh, call us if you ever want. Leave a voice message. We're at 657 We'll never answer, but leave a voicemail. And uh, if we like it, maybe we'll play it on the air. Maybe not. But me and Taylor will definitely listen to it and talk about it. For reals. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. Have a good week. Cue that music. Yeah.